Welcome to the To Love, Honor, and Vacuum Start Your Engines podcast. I'm Sheila from ToLoveHonorAndVacuum.com where I blog all the time about marriage and sex from a Christian point of view. And I've been doing these podcasts for about a year now. And recently, some people have started asking me to do one for men because I talk mostly to women. And so on the last podcast of every month, we are dedicating it to the guys. And this is our third Start Your Engines podcast. And I am so glad that you've joined us. Before we get started, I just want to thank uh, Aspen for a comment that came in about the last podcast. She says, great podcast, Sheila. I appreciate that you don't man bash in this and that you see men's intentions in the best possible light. It makes it so shareable. And thank you. And I hope that you all do share these podcasts. I hope I don't man bash in the one coming up too, because my my intention is never to make men seem bad. Although we are going to be talking about some difficult things this podcast, it really is just to try to help us understand each other. And, and so I hope that that is what we're going to accomplish as well. And I just encourage you, you know, if you're getting something out of this podcast, there's not a lot of really open teaching on sex in the church. And so if you appreciate this, please spread the word. Um, give it a five-star rating on iTunes or Stitcher or Spotify, wherever you listen to it. Give it a review and just help get the word out because that gets other people tuning in to hear some good information about sex and not just some of the really creepy stuff that we hear out in the world. So thank you very much, Aspen. I'm bringing my husband Keith on for this because, hey, if we're going to talk to guys, let's get a guy. Yep. And you're a guy. I fit that bill. Excellent. I'm very happy about that. So <laughs> <laughs> it tends to work for us. <laughs> so it's Christmas. Yes. Very soon. Merry Christmas. Yeah. And the and, season of giving. Right. And we have our anniversary a- right before Christmas too. We do. And so this is always like this kind of, we need to get super romantic and Christmas all at one time. And yeah, and it's all, it's crazy, like, because it's such a crazy time of the year, and to, to try and fit all that in romance and all that kind of stuff at the same time as you're trying to get all these gifts, and, because yes. I always say I'm going to shop ahead of time, but I always leave it to the last minute. And neither of us really have gifts as our love language. Not really. But, un- but unfortunately, our... we have people in our family who do. Yes, like youngest daughter, and yeah. so, <laughs> and so when you have to buy an anniversary present and a Christmas present, and try to prioritize the marriage right as family is coming home, that can be a little bit challenging. Yeah. Yeah. But Christmas is the season of giving. Yeah. And so we thought for this podcast, we could talk about being giving. Yeah. In the bedroom. That's right. Yes. See and how that talk- good segue there, eh? Like, exactly. isn't that perfect the exactly. way that fits And this in. is the Start Your Engines podcast, so we're talking more specifically to the men today. Yeah. Yeah, which I think is important. I think this is a message that I like to talk about when we, when we talk in marriage conferences, kind of helping guys to be better. Mm-hmm. In that way. And so on our other Start Your Engines podcast, we helped to explain, explain women's libido. We mm-hmm. talked about women's arousal. And yeah. now let's talk about, hey, guys, let's be giving in the bedroom. That's right. Mm-hmm. Not yeah. that women shouldn't be giving. No, it's exactly. Just, it's just that we are talking specifically to men here. And this is an important message. Yeah. Because I think that the, I mean, you get lots of people writing you about um, some of the difficulties that they have. And I think sometimes... It's often because, and I don't think men always mean badly by it, but we have this really distorted view of what sexual sex is. Mm-hmm. Like your whole uh, pant closed bed thing, right? Like, yeah. you know, it's easy, <laughs> it's fast. Everyone has, a, you know, like have a, a, things happen quickly and it works great for both and there's no work involved. Right, because that's what happens in the movies. In movies and everything. And so you grow up. And that's up, ridiculous. You grow up with that expectation that that's what sex is, that yep. you're both aroused right off the bat. You land in bed while you're both panting and things just move from there. And they move very quickly towards 
quote unquote sex. Yeah. And and it's really unrealistic. Yes. And that quote unquote sex, I actually want to talk about that for a minute. Yeah. I, I, actually, we're going to get to that in a lot of detail, right? Yes. Because we're going to talk about differences and yes. how it's important to have a more of a mm-hmm. because different view. When we when we talk about sex, like if I were to say to people, hey, did you have sex last night? Not that I go around asking people that but if i were to people would assume that what i meant was did your husband i'm going to be really blunt here okay but did your husband put his penis into your vagina and then move around until he climaxed okay and because that's what we think sex is and sometimes that's what we think that's all we think sex is right and what i want to suggest and what we're going to talk about in this podcast is that that is the definition of intercourse that's right. Yeah. It is not necessarily the definition of what a sexual experience should look like in your marriage. Yeah, because the simple fact of the matter is, so just in, in terms of intercourse, mm-hmm. getting to from the start mm-hmm. to an orgasm mm-hmm. for women mm-hmm. is significantly longer than men. Yes, and I mean, you did the research on this. this. Well, yeah, the studies show that the, that the and this is averages. And we people, didn't, let's just point out, this was this not is, like this personal is, research. This is not, this is medical research. <laughs> So the average woman takes about 20 minutes from the initiation to orgasm, mm-hmm. right? And that's the average woman. Some women will take longer, some will be sh- faster. Mm-hmm. The, the men, uh, on average, take about six minutes. Right. And there's, there's a lot of variation. Generally, somewhere in the four to 10, 11 minute range is, is mm-hmm. typical for men. So there's some math there. Yes. Right? So, so it, you know, if we expect that we're going to start a sexual encounter with intercourse and we're both going to end up happy, mm-hmm. and that's, I think a lot of people actually just assume that. And when it works for him, it doesn't work for her, we think something's wrong with her. That's right. And that's a terrible, terrible way of thinking of it because women are just different than men. And that's the way we're made. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. So to me, that to me is not a sign that women need to learn to orgasm faster. It's a sign that we as men need to realize that sex is more than just that. It's, it's, it's the whole experience. Mm -hmm. And if the average woman takes three times as long to reach orgasm as the average man, that does mean actually that she's going to need more attention in the bedroom yeah, absolutely. if she's going to reach orgasm. And um, what, part of my problem with our definition of sex too, is that she's pretty much absent from that like her pleasure her experience is an afterthought right so if sex is if, if yeah we, sometimes people think that i mean right. that's not what we believe no but but, what, but if yeah. sex is really him doing this until he climaxes then it's sort of up to her to catch up to him or if she doesn't experience pleasure well that's kind of on her and in the church we often quote that verse you know do not deprive and we think that that means do not deprive him of intercourse. And yet at the same time, we're not understanding that in so many marriages, she is the one being deprived yeah, you wrote a really of great, orgasm. You wrote a really great blog post about that. We should probably link to it. Yes, the, yeah. I will link to it in the podcast description. Yeah. Um, and again, I'm not, I'm not saying that all guys are terrible lovers oh, by gosh, any stretch no. of the imagination. No. Um, but I just think that we do need a mind shift here. Yeah. Because often when we talk about how we need more sex in marriage, where what we're really saying is we need more intercourse in marriage. And what I would like us to think about is maybe what we need in our marriage is more attempts to make it about both of you and more yeah. attempts to make sure that, that she's feeling pleasure too. Yeah, because what I say at the marriage conferences all the time, and you've heard me say it before, is that I think a lot of guys sort of see foreplay as the price of admission to the real event. 
Mm-hmm. It's, it's mm-hmm. sort of like they, they gotta, you got to do that to get to what you actually want to do. Right. And I, I, I would really want to challenge – I really want to challenge guys to say, you know what, the whole experience should be mutually sharing, exploring, loving each other, mm-hmm. get, seeking to, to make each other feel good and to bond with each other. The whole thing is the event. Right. Right? And thinking of it that way, then that makes sense because then there's a lot of things you could do to fill that 14 minutes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's different, right? Like, yeah. And, and those are fun things that you could both enjoy. Uh, and then when it's, when we're getting a little closer to that 20 minute mark mm-hmm. or whatever it is for, for mm-hmm. your wife, mm-hmm. then, then we can start moving down toward that pathway. That's where we want to go that night. Mm-hmm. You know? If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So she needs a lot more than attention, he does, yeah. and so give her and, some of that attention. And the thing is, guys, women, we all know this, women don't like having attention paid to them. No. And, and so you, like, I think a lot of guys are out there going, yeah, I'd kind of like to give my wife this attention, but she's like, no, 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 I don't want that attention. Yeah. Do, yeah. Do you, I find that a lot yes. of people feel that way. And, and we're going to look at that in a reader question oh, I'm in just jumping a second. Ahead. Oh, I'm you jumping are ahead. jumping ahead. Sorry. But no, I, I, I just, I do want to, I do want to stress that um, I think one of the reasons that a lot of women don't like sex is because it, it hasn't felt that good for them. And when mm-hmm. we look at orgasm rates, you know, women, a lot of women just don't reach orgasm very often. And so guys, like, make it your goal this mm-hmm. year that when you do make love it's about both of you yeah and sometimes i mean speaking okay speaking from experience sometimes women will have sex because they know he really wants it and they're really not into it you know yeah well and anything in our marriage sometimes there's you know, it's really important for you to watch this movie. Right. I don't really want to watch this movie, but I watch it because, you know, I love yeah. you and I want to show you I love and, you. And sometimes, you know what? If she wants to give you a gift, let her give you a gift. <laughs> but there's other times when if you just are patient and really bring her along, then she can she can still enjoy herself. Yeah. And so I just want to challenge guys to do that and, and learn how to make your wife feel good because... God put the clitoris outside of the vagina for a reason, (laughs) you know, like, I mean, you would think that if God wanted all of our pleasure to be from intercourse, he would have put the clitoris inside the vagina. Now, that's not to say that she can't feel good from intercourse because there's a lot of research that shows that an area that we commonly call the G spot is about the nerves from the clitoris reaching up and all kinds of stuff like that. And so it's not that she can't feel pleasure that way, but the most common way that women do feel pleasure is from attention outside of intercourse. Um, and, and so, yeah, spend some time on her beforehand. I do want to, I just want to read this one comment, um, from a woman that came through on the blog, uh, just a few days ago, we were talking about how so often women are left hanging you know, because they'll make love and then he'll climax and then nothing will happen for her. And so she's, she's left really frustrated. And she says, I've only had two happy endings with him in 10 years of marriage. Um, last night we had a good time, but it ended with him contentedly snoring and me crying alone on the bathroom floor, vibrator in hand. It's so hard being left hanging every single time. Women need that release too. I'd be so happy with just once a month, once a year, anything at this point. Mm-hmm. so sad yeah, yeah and I know most guys aren't like this but it but some are and so if you're listening 
your wife needs you. Like a, a good rule of thumb for people like this is she comes first. Like, you know, <laughs> let give her the attention first yeah. because she can still enjoy sex after orgasm. For guys, obviously there's that refractory period where you can't, but you know, women can. And so bring her to orgasm first and then, and then satisfy yourself. And that's just how we're giving in the bedroom. Yeah. I think that's a good a good rule of thumb. But now I want to do with this other question, which shows the other side of it, which is I think there's a lot of guys listening to the podcast who would love <laughs> to bring their wife to orgasm first or to do some of these other fun things. And it's their wife who's saying, no, I don't want that. So here's, here's a question that came in after our last Start Your Engines podcast from a guy. And he says, I love your work on helping couples achieve a fulfilling sex life. Well, thank you very much. Um, I am right now listening to your podcast and your suggestion is good on framing a guy's initiation around, I want us to have a great sex life and I want you to experience everything God has in store for us. The problem comes when she replies something to the effect of, but I do enjoy our sex life together and she doesn't really see that there can be more. From my perspective, we have had a tremendously boring sex life for many, many years. She is happy with the basics, kissing, caressing, me getting on top and we go for the finish line. There's no sense of naughty teasing and pleasing and exploring each other. I introduce new things to arouse her and she enjoys them, but she somehow doesn't connect that she can do those things too to spice things up. Bottom line, she's a very vanilla type of woman sexually. She has said that in the past, for instance, she doesn't like doing oral sex because it's sinful and dirty. Your podcast assumes that women are open to exploring new avenues together if it's approached in the right way, and but that can sometimes just not be the case. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and so I want to I want to just help to unpack what she's probably feeling. Okay. Right now, because I think a lot of women grow up with this deep idea of shame about sex. Mm-hmm. You were even talking about this the other day. You were saying the two different ways that the church talks about sex. Well, it's it seems like the idea out there is well, sex is kind of this bad thing that we don't want to talk about, but God said it's okay for marriage, so he's going to want to, ladies, and you're going to have to step up to the plate. That's kind of the mentality. Yeah, or you said like we're going to quarantine sex to marriage or oh, something. Oh, yeah, I oh, that thing, yeah. So it's kind of like, yeah, our, our view of sex is still a very negative view, and it's like, it's not that like sex is this amazing thing that God's created for this particular context of marriage. It's yeah. like we're going to control this thing by quarantining it to only marriage. Right. That's kind of the mentality. That's, that sort of yeah. seems like to me the mentality we have about sex sometimes. Yeah, rather than God created this it's a, amazing thing. It's an amazing, thing, wonderful thing for people to experience. Which is supposed to be expressed within marriage to get all of the fullness of it. But mm-hmm. instead, we talk about it in this very negative way. Like we're keeping it to marriage to stop it from polluting the rest yeah. of the world. You know, lie back and think of England kind of. Yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> that sort of thing. And I, th- when you mix that with a lot of the other teachings that women have growing up that... Um, you know, their bodies are shameful. I was talking to a young woman um, this week who she developed really, really early and she lived in a really shame-based family. And so she grew up always wearing sweatshirts and mm. she's, she's got an, she's a very, very thin, like slim woman too. So she has an amazing bust, you know, almost Dolly Parton kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she just felt such tremendous shame about that. And so for her idea, it's you know, anything sexy is just sinful. Yeah. So yeah, like anything flirty, anything like that is sinful because she was made to feel ashamed. Yeah. And we do that. We say, don't think about it. Don't, don't do it. Don't think about it. Don't even think about thinking about it. Yeah. And we tell people to cram all these feelings inside and never ever think about them or talk about it. 
And then you get married and it's supposed to all work just perfectly fine. And that doesn't make any sense. Right. And when you combine that also with women being told, you know, you're a danger because you're a big temptation and you can cause men to, to stumble, then they just feel like sex is a really negative thing. Yeah. And you add that to the sexual assault culture where so many women have been sexually assaulted. Yeah. And so many men have too, by the way. But, yeah. you know, about twice as many women, um, two to three times as many women. And so it's it's really difficult to be open in the bedroom. And I think what happens with foreplay too is like women, we, we grow up thinking there's something wrong with our bodies. We all think we're too fat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, we all have things we hate about our bodies. You combine that with the shame that um, somehow I'm being a temptation to other people. And then when it comes to sex, if you take too long to orgasm, you think your body's broken too. Mm-hmm. And you think there's something wrong with you. And I think a lot of women, when guys are trying to make them feel good, where husbands are trying to give them that attention, what's going on in her head is, I'm taking too long. He must be getting tired. He probably doesn't like this. He probably thinks I'm gross. You know, I smell terrible. Um, we need to stop this right now. Yeah. Because, or, or just just feeling the pressure to perform, too. Right, yeah. Because and, and the problem with orgasm is that as soon as you feel pressure, as soon as you can't just give yourself over to the moment it's not going to work for you. Mm-hmm. And women love being in control. We do not like being out of control. And God made orgasm so the women would have to feel out of control a little bit. Like mm-hmm. that was God's gift to women saying, hey, it's okay to not be in control. And we don't like that. And by, by not being in control, what I mean is that in order for a woman to orgasm, she has to be able to let go of all the thoughts in her head. She can't be thinking about what she's going to make for dinner tomorrow. <laughs> she can't be worried about little Johnny's... Uh, uh, meeting with the principal tomorrow about his ADD. Like she can't be worried about any of those things. She has to just concentrate on only her body. And that means that she has to let go. And that's, that's really difficult for a lot of women. Yeah. Well, especially because I think women are taught to think about everybody else except for themselves. Yeah. And because we're such multitaskers, it's hard to empty your brain. Yeah. It really is. And yet God created orgasm that way that we would have to, I think as a gift to help women be in the moment. And a lot of women have a very difficult time with that. They Mm. feel like they're doing something wrong. So that's just kind of helping you understand where your wife is coming from. Do you think that's what the whole swept up, swept off your feet thing comes from? It's like, yeah, it's not not like I have to consciously empty my mind of things. It's like he swept me off my feet. I couldn't even help it, but I was swept up in the moment kind of thing. Yeah, because, you know, women need that permission to not have all of these cares on them. And so if we can transfer that responsibility to the guy, if he acts just the right way, if he does it Mm -hmm. just the right way, then I will be be swept off my feet. Um, It absolves us the responsibility of having, you know, to really be a strong participant Mm -hmm. in sex. He's got it. And and so that, that does put a lot of pressure on the guy. And sometimes there's not a lot guys can do. Yeah. Um, And so I think in this case, you know, what we really need to do is reframe sex. Yeah. We need to help her see that it is a positive thing, that being out of control can be a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that, that, that actually... Well, that just enjoying each other mm-hmm. is, is, a, is a good thing. Like in marriage, it, it's a bonding experience. If we just, let's say we're not going to have intercourse tonight. Mm-hmm. You know, we're just like, as a couple, we're just going to experience each other mm-hmm. and just find out what feels good. Yeah. And just enjoy that and just learn about each other that way. 
Yeah, I, I think mean, that's day five and 31 days to great sex. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's yeah. day five is, yeah, is just figuring out. Because a lot of women have a very difficult time feeling aroused if we're not going to have intercourse. Yeah, so you because, just take the pressure off. Mm-hmm, because we feel like we owe guys an orgasm. Yeah. It's interesting because we don't feel like we are owed an orgasm, but we do feel like we owe guys an orgasm because yeah. we grow up hearing that it's such a deep need that he has. And so a lot of women can feel very good about their sex lives as long as their husbands are getting orgasms, even if they're not. Mm-hmm. Because they don't actually want to have a great sex life because they've been taught it's a negative thing. Yeah. And and so, like, how do you see it as a positive thing? And I think Keith's right. Like, working on just feeling good without intercourse can be a really important step. Yeah. And showing your wife, I want to give this to you even if I don't have an orgasm. Um, and, and even let go of your own sexual needs and desires for a little bit of time and focus on her just to free her up and to say this isn't a shameful thing yeah. is important. Um. I think also, I just want to say, there's nothing necessarily wrong with being sexually vanilla. Yeah. (laughs) Um, uh, In the sense that, you know, for a lot of women, orgasm does feel better in certain positions. Uh, And when you find a position that works, you kind of want to stick to it. And for a lot of women, you can't always feel orgasm in other positions. Um, And, you know, speaking as a Canadian... Doing <laughs> doing a whole lot of different positions in the middle of winter, unless you have a space heater in the bedroom, <laughs> that can be a little. Oh, okay, that wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. <laughs> but, I had no idea where that was going. But so you know, and, and this is where I think that his night, her night thing can come in handy. Um, you know, if if you just feel like you want things a little bit more spicy, um, you can declare one night a month his night one night a month, her night, and every other night you might do things yeah. vanilla or something. <laughs> Another great thing is my um, my 24 sexy dares because I think I think sometimes women just need permission to be sexy yeah. and to get out that of their comfort zone. That they're not weird. Yeah, that they're not weird. And um, that's a difficult... Mm-hmm. That's difficult for a lot of women. So the sexy dares are really fun because the eight dares that he does are really geared towards building up her confidence and mm-hmm. helping her figure out what feels good. And the eight dares that she does are also geared towards helping her feel sexually confident while allowing him to look and, and spice things up. So, yeah. you know, and then there's eight that you do together. But uh, see if she'll do those too, because that can be a real confidence booster and she might just need some confidence. Mm-hmm. And I think the other thing too you, we want to say in this is the whole point of all of this is to grow closer together and to deepen your intimacy, mm-hmm. like not just physical intimacy, like, like emotionally, spiritually connecting to each other. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, if, if there's something that you want to do that she doesn't want to do, or she wants to do, you don't want to do, like, I think that y- you need to talk about those things, but I don't think you want to pressure people into things that they don't feel comfortable with mm-hmm. either, because mm-hmm. the whole point is to grow closer together and you don't want to build up walls, you know? Yeah. And especially because as you can grow closer and as you let go of some of the de- demands isn't the right word, but um, some of the the pressure that we often put on women to perform, and it might not even be the guy that's putting us. Remember that it's, yeah, the, yeah. it's the Christian culture that she grows up in, that she owes him an orgasm. As you allow her to let go of some of that, she's sometimes able to experience her own sexuality for the first time. Mm-hmm. And it could be that she's never really experienced her own sexuality because her sexuality has always been about giving him an orgasm. And if she's free to just see what is it that I like, that can be a really important step. So, you know, talking talking that through with her, um, there's a lot of, of tools for that in 31 Days to Great Sex on how to have those conversations. 
Um, so using using some of those resources, 31 Days to Great Sex, Sexy Dares can help. Um, but I think I think helping her to discover who she is meant to be sexually takes some time and takes a lot of patience and takes a lot of letting go of yourself. Yeah. So but it's worth of, investing that time. Yeah, and it's part of being giving at Christmas. So. <laughs> <laughs> 31 Days to Great Sex. It's 31 really fun challenges in 31 days. Just read two to four pages a day together and do what it says. It's easy peasy. And don't worry, you don't have to have sex for 31 days straight. Instead, you'll learn to talk more openly about issues, flirt more, deal with baggage, figure out what feels good, try new things, spice things up, and so much more. It's the best 31 days you will ever have in your marriage. Why not start today? All right, we have another question to tackle. Okay. Are you ready for this one? This is a slightly different one. This time it's a woman who writes in and she says this. My husband is amazing, but the last year he has been battling retroactive jealousy OCD. It has really taken a toll on our marriage, which she says how long they've been married and is for several decades. Something triggered it, my looking up old boyfriends on Facebook, not to converse with them, but just to see what their life was like now. Now he's having a really hard time getting over my past and just dwells on things that aren't even accurate about my past. We are both Christians. I don't know how to help him. It's like he needs validation from me constantly and is so up and down, leaving me not knowing if he is okay or not. I get this question a lot from both men and women. I think this is something that both men and women battle with. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Is, you know, how do you reconcile your spouse's past? Mm-hmm. Especially if they've had other sexual partners. Oh, yeah. I mean, but you, you've got to realize, too, there's a big difference between a person who's hidden something from you about their past mm-hmm. or tried to deceive you versus a person who just has a past. Yeah. Right? And I think that we need to realize that, it, you know, when we married somebody, with their, the, we married their past, and they can't go back and change that past. Right. So if we entered this relationship knowing about that, then we need to learn to deal with that. Yep. And if, yeah, if you got married and if you said those vows, knowing that your wife or for the women who are listening, knowing that your husband did these things beforehand, then you kind of have to get married deciding that you're not going to bring those things up anymore or hold them over your spouse's head because they can't do anything about it now. Yeah, I I can't go back and not have had that past that I had. I I can't change what's already occurred. Mm -hmm. All I can do is be honest with you now about what happened you know and commit to you to being faithful going forward yeah and what i often tell people too is like it is important it's really important to disclose things especially before you're married some of the really big damage comes when stuff isn't disclosed until after you're married hiding things but when we disclose i think that there needs to be some wisdom in how you disclose as well yeah i think it's very important for your spouse to know general things um, like how many people we're talking about in a range, you know, like, yeah. is it, is it one? Is it five? Is it 10? Is it more than 20? You yeah. know, <laughs> kind of thing. Um, and well, they, I think if you're a woman getting married to a man who has a past, like mm-hmm. simple questions, like, are there any kids out there that we, that we might yes. find out about later or things like that? Right? Exactly. Um, and of course, getting treated for STDs beforehand, things getting like tested for STDs beforehand is really important. Um, it's also really important that people understand are there any abuse issues in your past like were were all of these encounters consensual or not because that has tremendous impact on your sex life afterwards um and then i i think it's important to know in general what those sexual encounters were like but not so that you could ever picture anything (laughs) like you know like 
like if um well if you live to, if you live together with somebody for a period of time right you know. but you don't want to be able to picture okay we this is how we used to have sex this is what oh, we yeah, did this no. is what our foreplay and so if if it's your spouse that has done this don't ask questions that you don't really want the answer to mm-hmm. you may think you want the answer but people do not need pictures in their heads and that's just not a good thing Um, and so let your spouse go about that because there is nothing they can do about it. Now, in this case though, I don't think it's about a picture thing. I think it's about him just being upset with the fact that she has a past at all. Right. And and I think that I would have to say in that situation that, you know, like we're, none of us are perfect, right? Mm -hmm. We all have things in our past that if we could go back and change, we would go back and change. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think that we sometimes like for some reason, we think this part of our lives, it's somehow like there's not real true forgiveness in these areas. Mm-hmm. Like there's forgiveness for the areas. If you stole something, if you mm-hmm. if you did something else bad, that's okay. We can forgive you for that. But this, we're going to kind of never really, you're never really whole again. Right. Which and, is terrible. And there was this Christian teaching that went around in like the 80s and 90s. And I wrote about it. I did a, uh, my blog series on it in November about soul ties. You know, like when you have sex with someone you form this soul tie, even though you didn't mean to, and you're connected to that person for life, unless you go through this big prayer exorcism kind of thing and break that soul tie. And I just don't think that that is Christian. I'm not saying that there can't be spiritual forces at work, but I think a lot of times it's just simply an emotional bond that you form. Well, yeah, it's, and a very, it can be, it's, it's an experience that tends to bond you with other person, right? So, right. Yeah. Um, but we don't need to make more of it, more of it than it is. Like sometimes sex is just sex. And, and even though that shouldn't be the case, and even though sex should be a much um, more intense and intimate thing, sometimes it's not. And I think when we make more of it than it is, we, we can do some serious harm. So I'll put some links in those posts because I talk about the difference between, you know, having to get over a broken heart and having a really deep relationship and just having this stuff that you did in your past and we need to let go of. So I'll put some links to that too. Yeah, cause, cause in marriage, in every area of marriage, you know, we're, you cannot survive as a married couple if you don't learn how to forgive each other for the mistakes mm-hmm. you make. Mm-hmm. Like not just the ones you made like 10 years ago, but like even every day, like we're, we're imperfect. We're going to make mistakes. And so we need to learn to just forgive each other. And it's okay to be sad about things or, or still struggle with things, but it's not okay to say, I can't forgive you for something that you have no control over mm-hmm. and you can't possibly change now. Right. And you know, what I often counsel couples who are going through this too is he may have had sex or she may have had sex with a lot of people, but that doesn't mean that he or she made love with anyone else because mm-hmm. making love is really based on commitment and you're the one that they chose. Yeah. And, and so That's be grateful really for that. Be grateful for that. It's a nice way of putting um, it. However, I do want to go through some other things. We don't know anything else about yeah, this letter writer. So there, but I, so I have like a million different things going on in my mind of what could be happening here. Um, but I do think when someone all of a sudden shows a lot of jealousy where there has never been jealousy in, in, you know, several decades of marriage, we need to ask why that suddenly started happening. Um, and so, you know, it is something, has something changed in your marriage other than just the fact that you went on Facebook? Yeah. <laughs> like, ha- is there another reason that he is feeling insecure in the marriage? Um, maybe you're going through an empty nest thing right now. Um, maybe you've developed some other friendships at work that he's feeling insecure about, and this is just contributing to that. Um, maybe, uh, you've just been drifting apart. Yeah. 
Maybe and, there's maybe there's just other issues you need to work on. Yeah, and maybe there's sexual issues that have really come to the forefront, and so he, this is just a real area of insecurity for him. And like I said, it could be the opposite way as well, because a lot of a lot of uh, women feel jealous of their husbands' past. So, yep. you know, just really examine yourself. I think that's a good. Whenever you're in marriage conflict, examine yourself and be humble and say, "Have I done anything, <laughs> you know, to contribute to this?" and um, and, and just, uh, and then apologize if you have mm-hmm. and, and talk about it. I would also say just grow your friendship. Yeah. You know, spend time together, yep. laugh together. Yep. Um, and if he's pulling away from you, um, sometimes that can be a difficult thing to do, but and it, there's some hard conversations that have to come into this. Like, you know, what is it that, you know, having that conversation, what, what's the real issue here? You know, what's going on? Is there something deeper? Mm-hmm. Um, having those kind of conversations, they can be very challenging and difficult. You know? mm-hmm. So sometimes we, we shy away from them. But, you know, you need to find a time and the place where you you are uninterrupted. You can actually talk about those things. You can say, look, I really want to have a heart-to-heart what's going on because I, I value you. I want our relationship to be strong. I sense that there's some distance growing here. You know, mm-hmm. what are the real issues? And let's let's tackle them. And, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. What is it, you know, what is it that you really need right now? Yeah. You know, because I want to help you. I love you and you're the one that I chose. And I, I think having those conversations is important. If you've done all that and you're still really battling this, then I would suggest seeing a counselor. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of counselors will see you for like four sessions. It doesn't need to be like we're going to be going to marriage counseling for the rest of our lives. Sometimes oh, yeah. there's just something small. ridiculous right like mm-hmm. so sometimes you're having a problem and it's just a problem that you just don't know how to solve and getting the wisdom of a person who's specifically trained mm-hmm. in helping people through these difficulties that's a great thing right mm-hmm. so so get the wisdom of other people find a christian you know who, who's a trained counselor and is able to guide trained you through licensed this. counselor trains licensed trained <laughs> licensed counselor who's out to help to get you through this stuff yeah On my Start Your Engines podcasts, I like to give away stuff because that's always a fun thing to do. Uh, so I give away some prizes to people who signed up to my email list since the last Start Your Engines podcast was out. I am giving two things away today, the copy of my 24 Sexy Spicy Marriage Dares, and that one is going to John, and I won't say much more than that. And then... RKT, you are getting 31 days to great sex. And so my assistant has contacted both of those guys and that's so much fun. In the next podcast, you could be the winner. All you need to do is sign up in the link that is in the podcast description to this podcast uh, to sign to get my emails. And then every week you will get some great marriage and sex tips and see the best of the blog. So sign up there and then maybe you'll be the next one to win. I also want to say something about 31 days to great sex. I have good news and I have bad news. The good news is I have vastly expanded it. I've made it really fun, much more of a magazine format, and that has been bought by Zondervan and will be published in August. But that does mean that I need to take it off the market on December 31st. So I'm allowed to sell my version of it right now, but that is going to be off of Amazon and off of my website on December 31st. If you want to do the 31 Days to Great Sex Challenge in the new year, this is your last chance to get it at $4.99. Once it's out with Zondervan, it will be more expensive too because the publisher is going to be selling it. Um, So I just encourage you to pick it up now. And if you get it now, you can also get some coupons to use for your spouse. So you can put some um, fun coupons in their stocking just to let them know that you bought 31 Days to Great Sex to have a great new year.
You can find the link to 31 Days to Great Sex in the podcast description and in the longer podcast post that goes along with this podcast at toloveonorandvacuum.com. Thanks for joining us for this Start Your Engines podcast, specially meant for the guys, but I know there's a lot of women who listen in too, and I just thank all of you for um, being part of the To Love, Honor, and Vacuum community where we do like to make marriage into a passionate adventure as God intended and not just a giant to-do list. Uh, I wish you all a wonderful Merry Christmas. Uh, Emmanuel, God is with us. And this is the season for giving and for understanding that God gave so much to us too, and that what he really wanted was this intimate relationship. And so as we focus on that intimate relationship with God this season, um, let's also help that to draw us into more intimate relationships with each other and especially with our spouses. I will see you again in 2020.